how you got started in Web3. So I'm Chen. I lead EY's technology consulting blockchain practice in the U.S. And what that means is that we work with with both crypto natives and traditional financial services organizations and, and traditional commercial organizations in order to promote the adoption of blockchain technology with an emphasis on public blockchain, open source technology, not proprietary private blockchain, which we can talk about later, but we don't see how it makes sense. And I'll start with the why. So the reason I'm doing this, the reason many of my colleagues in EY are doing what we do is because we believe that this technology will democratize access to money, if you will, and will help us create a better, more equal world. That is, at least in my perspective, the legacy I want to leave, and that's the reason I'm doing so if that's the why, the how is blockchain or EY maintains a, a world-class blockchain team with just in the US around 70 blockchain professionals, 700 consultants around them that, that do blockchain and learn blockchain on a daily and weekly, a few hundreds worldwide. And I think that at least in the blockchain space, EY is, is a world-leading technology organization first and foremost. I'm not sure how much we can say that on other areas. And the, and the beauty or the how we do it is not only maintain a very strong blockchain technology capability, but also connect it to the larger EY. So something we can expand upon later. If we see the regulator, the Fed, the OCC, the FDIC express, and I quote, grave concern, quote, grave concerns over the soundness and safety of transaction over public blockchains, we are using our IT risk and process risk professionals together with our blockchain professionals in order to alleviate some of these concerns and uh, enable not only the U.S. regulator, but also our clients and ourselves to safely interact and, and transact on blockchain. And I'll just end with the what. So things that, that we are doing are implementing custody solution, institutional grade custody solutions, the likes of Fireblocks, Metaco, and a few others. We develop smart contracts that tokenize real world assets, that tokenize dollars, tokenize securities, and we develop smart contracts that with these assets, we develop zero knowledge proof privacy protocols that would allow the exchange of assets and business logic in, in, on a public blockchain in, in privacy. And no, we're not t tornado cash, so there are a lot of limitations there in order to make sure that uh, transactions are private but not anonymous. And last but not least, we are uh, working a lot in the space of mitigating risks and building controls around how you interact with, with public blockchains that, again, all serve this uh, high-level uh, purpose of creating a better working world to, using blockchain technology. At Ernst & Young, y'all are focused on more the security end or are you equally or more focused on the other end, which is just getting people on the network? Over right? 300,000 people worldwide, around 70,000 people in the U.S. alone. So we can afford to do a lot of things. I think that we have the more client-facing people that, that are focused on, on – educating and onboard both 
our clients, but also even educating some of the regulators and helping them make sense of this technology. I, for example, work with the New York Department of Financial Services. I sit on their virtual currency advisory board. If you ask me, one of the most advanced regulators in the world in this. So we're working on the education and onboarding. We're also working on promoting safe and controlled way to interact with, with blockchains. And as said, that includes things like a privacy controls, leading practices. I think that's another important capability and component. So those org- organizations that are leading the way and are using and implementing public blockchains, we are helping them to spin up the necessary risk, digital asset risk environment methodology and practices in order to do it safely. I'll give you, there's many examples. I'll give you one simple example. Leading, I would say that a leading practice would be that anyone with admin capabilities to spin up electronic wallets to approve transaction limits, etc., etc., has no ability to approve the transactions themselves. And with using tools like Fireblocks, there are ways to enforce these kind of controls within your working environment. We're seeing it with multiple providers. Fireblocks is just one of the examples. Yeah. What are your clients? What's the feedback from them? Are they excited about the progress in the blockchain? Are they hesitant, but spending money on EY to run up a project for them, but hesitant? Or are some of them full out, I am into blockchain, this is where we're going, we need EY's help, Where? what's their feedback? There's a few types, right? The clients that are seeking mostly education and exposure at this stage are still more on the first fence, obviously, as they know less. The clients that we're actually doing work with are those that are convinced. I would say that blockchain technology is, is not in the stage of mass adoption definitely when we when it comes to institutional grade solutions yeah. so the organizations that are what i would define as early adopters of this technology are adopting it because they get it and because they understand this is the future of value exchange i'll give you you know what I, i'm not sure i want to give client names so i'll just say one of the largest asset managers, banks in the world that we are working with, they understand that traditional rails of exchange of value will give way to the more advanced blockchain-based rails of exchanging value, of managing digital scarcity, etc., etc. And those organizations that are really implementing custody, developing smart contracts, developing a digital dollar solutions, they, they believe. They are... Um, they understand that this is an inevitable future. Where were you at before you went to EY? Oh, so I joined EY a very long time ago. You uh, spent your whole career there. Most of my career I spent wow. in EY. I'm over 20 years in, in EY, but I'm what's called a boomerang. I did work for four years for SAP development as a solution architect. This is where I picked up my more technology education and experience. We spoke a little bit earlier on on how I got exposed to, to blockchain technology, and I think that relates to your question. So I've been in the business of implementing technology into enterprise all my life. I started my career in UI as, a, as an ERP implementer, implementing solutions like Oracle and SAP. And, and 
I got exposed to blockchain in the Tel Aviv bars, not the EY offices, speaking <laughs> with my developer friends back in 2016 when the developer community in Israel started and worldwide started getting excited about this technology. And I remember vividly sitting in, in a bar with a laptop open and we're huddled together around the Satoshi white paper and lifting my head off the laptop. I, I see another table with a round of beers and the white paper open and then another table and another table. That was maybe late 2016 or early 2017 and that's why when it struck me that this is this is going to be big so i was a project manager but i took it you know those tests at aws microsoft azure have for like certifications of solutions architect so i took that and it was right around that time 2016 2017 i think it was one of those ted talks but it wasn't a ted talk it was but similar And somebody was talking about blockchain, and it really piqued my interest. So that's funny that right around the same time we yeah. got a connection to it. Okay, and then that that pushed you into the role that you're in currently? I started this back then. I was a regular technology consulting partner in EY. I touched things like robotic process automation implementation, some predictive mm -hmm. analytics. But I really got excited about blockchain and its ability to really make it and slowly but surely I invested more and more time learning, educating and anyone that, that is deep in this space knows that it's a little bit like the expansion of the universe. No matter how fast you travel, you can't catch up, but you, <laughs> you try. And at some point I got savvy enough that I came to give a few lectures in, in the US and from there the road to doing this full time was fairly short. We connected first last week, and you said you made that analogy about blockchain being like the universe and it's always expanding. And I really connect with that because like I think I do a good job of always trying to learn new stuff, but there's so much out there and stuff changes so fast. It's just I can't do I it. Think that can't it, do it. One of the <laughs> things one of the things that we are doing in in EY in this team that uh, really tries to to answer some of these challenges is think about new ways and adopting web3 technology into learning because this is so complex and expanding. We have this notion of guilds that every week maybe I'll start by saying that our blockchain professionals spend a significant amount of their time both in the work week and end of hours in the weekend learning, including learning because, first of all, truly fascinated about this. And second, there's no other way to keep up. And we are doing things like blockchain guilds in which we, we, there are specific topics that, that an interest community that meets every week talk about DAOs, to talk about the metaverse, to talk about DeFi, etc., to talk about protocols and the latest innovation there. Um, we are using a DAO-like mechanism in order to select the topics in which our own professionals vote on, on what they want to do and learn next. We are issuing NFTs in order to document the learning of each professional because At least I already see this future where uh, LinkedIn is, is decentralized. With all due respect to all these Web2 tools, the way to really build a profile in the future would be based on your blockchain activity, 
So give me your, your e-wallet address, public address, and I will tell you what you know and what you don't know. Credentials, show me the NFTs and that will be your credentials and your profile will be much more automatic and much harder to fake in, in that regard. So we're doing things like that. We're incentivizing learning through a, a token economy model, doing a lot of things that, that eventually A, help the learning by doing and B, promote the, what I would call a web, a, a, a degen organization, organizational culture using web three tools. And I'm super excited about that. You not selling it, by the way, doing it for our own. We eat our own dog food. This is not something <laughs> we're trying to sell. So you talked about your, the employees under you. Do you, and I try to make mention of this with every guest because my company's fully remote. And so are you guys, do you have employees all over the globe? And if so, yes. like how in the world do you manage one project for one client, how do you get everybody on the same page? And has that changed in the past few years as people have gotten more used to being remote work? Talk me through that. How do you yeah. manage, take so, care so of So first of all, the, the infrastructure, EY has developed over, I don't know how many years in order to facilitate remote work because talent is in EY seats all over the place. I think that going into the pandemic that obviously re-accelerated this, accelerated this process, we came in a really good spot where all these remote collaboration tools were already embedded into our capabilities, and that was a great start. Obviously, COVID left us no choice but to swim or drown, or drown, and we were definitely able to swim in that regard. These days, I think that in a post-COVID world, we are trying to combine whenever possible, meaning, for example, we have a, a large presence in the... In, northeast area of the United States, so more or less from D.C. To, to Boston, and we try to meet at least once a month all together face-to-face, -to -face, and that would, I at least once a week, dedicate a day to face-to-face -face meetings in the city that start with an early morning coffee meeting and end with a late-night dinner, and that at least covers the those who are somewhat geographically close. The rest is more remote, but we're still trying to do the same and, and have meetups more often. But again, with the rising travel prices, even that becomes more and more challenging. Do you... So... Uh, one more sentence, one more sentence on that, on how do we make it work? We adhere uh, almost religiously to agile project management processes. And I think that the agile methodology goes a very long way in order to facilitate success in, in, in a remote work environment. I would agree. Yeah. When you look at, and I'm not saying you do this for EY, but when people do this in y'all's division, when you're looking at bringing on new talent, are you looking at people that have been coding in blockchain for a couple of years? Are you looking for people that have done something really cool in Web 2 and then you can bring them under your tutelage and then teach them Web 3? 
So I, I think that if I talk about now, these days in a bear market where blockchain talent is more available, blockchain knowledge is definitely a plus and there's enough talent to go around as candidates go. In, if you, if I speak about a year ago, we would be more open to, to absorbing good developers and teaching them blockchain. We are doing that regardless, meaning when you join EY as a blockchain developer, your first six weeks are mostly training, bringing you up to speed. Another thing I would say that is really interesting in that regard, the way we evaluate talent is more and more, the technical evaluation is, show me your, your GitHub repository, show me your open source contribution. We will look at that and that it connects to what I said earlier about the way LinkedIn would work in the future. Show me your open source contribution and we will take it from there, more or less. Yeah. It's a very good indication. No, that's the same feedback that we get from all of our clients. They, it's not like resumes don't matter. You have to show that you've done something for somebody. But by and large, more importantly than that is, let's see GitHub. Let's see your open source contributions. Let's see if any projects are open to the public with that you've done within your last company. Let's see that because and again, you can, you can lie. Blockchain? Yeah. Show me, give me your wallet public address and let me see your interaction with DeFi if you're saying you're such a blockchain expert, right? <laughs> show me what you did. And it's all in the open. There's no, just show me. And, and I'm not saying show me how much Bitcoin you hold. I truly hope that you, the Bitcoin you hold in a separate self-custodied wallet that is far away hidden from your public Web3 profile. But show me, please, your public Web3 profile, <laughs> and that's the best proof you can give. Yeah. It looks like we're running up against our time. Yeah. So, Chen, how can people – do you want people to connect with you when they hear so, – sure. and then how should they do that? So uh, I think that my LinkedIn profile – after I bad-mouthed LinkedIn so much, I think <laughs> that my LinkedIn profile – is the best way to connect with me. I know there's other avenues and channels, but that's, I try to centralize because there's so many channels and I'm still, you know, <laughs> if it was my kids, they are more than fine with 10 different channels at the same time. Connecting with me through my LinkedIn profile is the best way. Hey, and maybe LinkedIn can bring you on to do some consulting on there. Make them a little bit more detailed than what it. they are. Yeah. I think that not just them, and that's maybe we're coming up on time. I think many of the most leading Web2 and technology organizations today don't fully grasp the level of disruption that would come from decentralized Web3 protocols. And LinkedIn is definitely a good example. I think maybe we, I need you to come back for a future episode because I... We haven't I, spoken about the content almost at all, the things we're yeah. doing. Uh, and I think, I think also people need to hear the hesitancies. If, like you were explaining about LinkedIn, if they don't jump on board, what's going to happen to them? And the maybe fears that a normal person in normal America or normal Canada or normal Europe, the fears that they're having, what do you say about that? So but, I, yeah, that's I, very different. I approach, I have one sentence I have to, Yeah. 
I approach this technology out of love, not out of fear. I'm not trying to scare anyone. I am trying to truly show a better future. And I think we can end with that optimistic yeah. note.